for Thursday, August 27th, 2020. This is Did You Wash Your Hands? We're a podcast from WABE answering the questions everyone's asking during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm health reporter Sam Whitehead. Today, despite a very active infectious disease pandemic, a number of Metro Atlanta school districts have started the school year in person. That's led to COVID-19 outbreaks and school closures. There are some parents and officials there who are still pleased with how things have gone. And they say that, you know, closures are just an expected part of the reopening process at this point. Martha Dalton, who covers education for WABE, joins me to discuss just how the start of the school year has gone for those districts and for those that have decided to begin remotely. That's next. You love free. And at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Support for WABE's local coverage on maternal health and mortality comes from Georgia Health Initiative, whose mission is to inspire and promote collective action that advances health equity for all Georgians. Learn more at georgiahealthinitiative.org. In the midst of the pandemic, the start of the school year has been a tumultuous one for students, parents, and teachers all over Metro Atlanta. Some districts have come back for in-person learning, and have quickly had to shut down schools because of COVID-19 outbreaks. Other districts have started back with remote learning and have seen various degrees of success with rolling that out and kind of an uncertain timeline about when they'll return in person. Martha Dalton covers education for WABE. She's been watching all of this, and she joins me now for more. Martha, thanks for talking with me. Thanks, Sam. I appreciate it. So it's only been about a month since we have talked about all these schools' plans to come back and start the school year. Now we've actually seen how some of these have played out. So let's start with districts that have decided to go back in person for in-person learning, face-to-face learning. How has that worked so far? Yeah, I really can't stress this part enough. It really depends on who you ask. So some district officials will tell you it's gone really well. That's the message in Forsyth County, where they're in the third week of in-person classes. I was at a Forsyth High School this week, and officials there are really pleased with how things have gone. Now, the district has had some reported cases of COVID, but they haven't had to close any schools. That's happened in Cherokee County, school closures, that is, where they've had to close three high schools, Paulding County had to close one. But even there, and I have to stress this, there are some parents and officials there who are still pleased with how things have gone. And they say that, you know, closures are just an expected part of the reopening process at this point. As these school districts went back, there were a number of photos that ended up circulating pretty widely on the internet in Paulding County of kids kind of packed together in a hallway. I think in Cherokee, it was a bunch of kids like shoved in real close for some kind of class picture, none of them with masks. And so these are two counties that you say have actually seen 
seen outbreaks. Right. So the photos, like you said, were from Cherokee and Paulding counties. And again, both of those districts have had to close schools. When I say close schools, I mean, they're shifting to online learning, you know, classes are still going on. But it's important to note that, you know, even with those closures, opinions are still split. It's not as though everyone is suddenly changing their minds necessarily about reopening in person. Some students and parents are pushing hard for mask mandates. But you know, others think that's too restrictive. So it just shows you that there's a wide range of opinions there. And because you mentioned mask mandates, these few counties we've been touching on so far, Forsyth, Cherokee, Paulding, have the school boards there mandated that kids wear masks in schools? They have not done that yet. And it is a point of tension because at the last couple of board meetings for Cherokee and Paulding, there have been parents and students that have requested at least a vote on it. You know, these school boards haven't voted on it. They haven't taken it up. But there's some reluctance to do that. The philosophy, I should say, in a lot of these districts is you know, we want to encourage students to wear masks. Um, We want to model that for them by having the staff wear masks, but we don't want to make it a mandate. And I think part of that is that they're concerned about how do we enforce a mandate? Just to note, these are schools that enforce very strict dress codes and have been doing that for years. <laughs> so This is true. And they have the authority to pass this as part of the dress code and mandate, you know, face coverings. But right. Yes, they have enforced dress codes and could also, you know, make this part of the dress code. Uh, this is coming from me, someone who just so desperately wanted to wear hats in high school. We did have these outbreaks um, in Cherokee County. You mentioned Cherokee County had to close a few schools. I mean, was this something that these districts that did have these closures, that did have these cases, was this something these districts were prepared for? So they say they were. You know, they say that they knew if they offered an in-person option that the possibility of closing schools was on the table. Most districts are following the CDC guidance on quarantines and safety and cleaning measures. And they say they're perfectly prepared if they have to close schools again. You know, Cherokee has said they've closed three high schools, but they may have to close more. And I should point out that all of these districts have offered an option. So it's not as though they're saying all kids have to come back in person, but they've offered families the option between in-person and virtual learning. And the majority of families are choosing to come back in person in each of these districts. Have these districts been pretty open with the community about how many cases they're seeing, maybe how many students they're testing if they are doing testing? What kind of information are they sharing about infections in, in their schools? So Forsyth, Paulding, Cherokee are the ones we're talking about. All three of them have public websites where they're reporting cases. Most of them do it daily. And they will be the first to tell you that they're not required to do that. There's no law that says they have to do that. They'll tell you that they're choosing to be transparent. So they are reporting cases. They've been, as far as I have seen from these districts, they've been very diligent about updating that. And they've been very quick to respond whenever you ask a question about infections in schools and school closures. Is that information that the folks that you've spoken to feel like they can actually act on? I mean, do do parents trust the information coming out of the schools? And are they using this to make decisions about whether to send their kids to school a certain day? 
Yeah, that's a great question and a great point, too. I should add that the school districts only post the information publicly after they've contacted parents, after they've informed parents, you know, if their children need to quarantine. So they're letting parents know the information first. And the parents that I've spoken with have been very pleased with the communication and the fact that they're getting the information directly from school officials. We've seen these three districts we've been focused on, Forsyth, Cherokee, Paulding, have to close schools a few times now. Is there a point at which this kind of close, open, close, open, this just becomes too much and these districts decide, okay, we're going to go virtual for the rest of the year? Well, I think it's still early right now, but I think that they all realize that that is a possibility. In fact, in Forsyth County, the superintendent said that this week. You know, he said, we're prepared to pivot and go all virtual if we have to. You know, they've had to spend the summer sort of preparing for lots of different scenarios because nobody sort of knew what infection rates would look like, you know, first day of school. So I think what school districts have had to learn is that a lot of different things could happen and we need to be prepared for any scenario. So they know that that's a possibility. We have districts going back in person. We also have a number of districts here in Metro Atlanta that have started the year virtually with distance learning, kids at home. How has that gone so far? Yeah, once again, <laughs> it depends. <laughs> there have been some glitches, you know. There was a power outage in parts of Gwinnett this week. Uh, that obviously affects virtual learning. There was a Zoom outage Monday that affected the East Coast, and that was the first day of virtual learning for Atlanta Public Schools. DeKalb had some problems with its system at first. Cobb County parents said the same thing. So, you know, it's been a learning curve, and um, it's something that districts just aren't used to, they're not used to having, you know, more than 100,000 kids logging onto their system at the same time. So it's really a learning experience for the districts also. You mentioned schools weren't maybe prepared to have all these kids logging on. I mean, these were districts that went virtual this spring in March and April. So what have districts said about that? It seems like that would be a good chance for them to test their IT infrastructure to make sure kids can log on. Exactly. And a lot of them have said that that's exactly what they did. So that leads to the question, you know, so what's happening now? <laughs> um, and a lot of them also, in addition to beefing up their systems over the summer to make sure that students could log on in the fall, a lot of them tested their systems the weeks, you know, leading up to the first day of class. So it does make one wonder, why haven't the systems been able to build infrastructure that was ready to go on day one? And I should say that a lot of the districts have smoothed out, you know, the issues since then. But, you know, I think a lot of parents were a little uh, disgruntled the first day of class when they had trouble, you know, just logging their kids into the system. These districts, if we think about, you know, some of the bigger ones here in the state in Metro Atlanta, Gwinnett County, Fulton, DeKalb, what are their plans for bringing kids back into the classroom? Well, a lot of them want to do it pretty soon. I mean, Gwinnett started this week and they're using a phased in approach. So they're going by grade level. They had some students start this week. They're going to have even more students phase in next week. Now, they're not going to school every day for eight hours, but um, they're coming in for a couple of hours during the day. You know, the different grades alternate different days. Fulton County is going to use a similar plan uh, starting the day after Labor Day where they're phasing in kids too. 
too. So they're already bringing kids back in person in a sort of phased in approach. And quite honestly, a lot of teachers I've talked to have said they're just not comfortable with that, not because they don't want to see the kids, but because they just don't feel like it's safe. That is not surprising. People following this closely may have heard that Georgia, at least according to the Trump administration and their White House Coronavirus Task Force, has either led the country or been second in the country when it comes to new coronavirus infections. So there is still a lot of community spread here. It's it's not unsurprising that teachers would be concerned. What are they doing about it? I mean, is there any kind of organizing happening among teachers who don't want to be back in the classroom for, for their safety? Some Gwinnett teachers have told me that they participated in a quote-unquote sick out this week, meaning that they called out sick to protest the phase-in plan. They just think it's too early. Now, the district says they didn't necessarily see it that way. They said, you know, yes, there were a certain amount of substitute teachers requested, but it wasn't any higher than, than a normal school day. So that sort of depends on who you talk to there. But several teachers are very concerned. They want to get the message across that they're not okay with uh, with this plan. And the teachers I spoke to who participated in the sick out said that they made it very clear to their administrators what they were doing. So even if district officials aren't really sure that the teacher absences were the result of a sick out, the administrators uh, seem to understand that. I'm imagining too, Martha, that these districts that are starting to phase back in and want to phase back in in in-person learning are maybe looking across town (laughs) at these other districts that we started talking about where there have been outbreaks. I mean, do you have a sense that in the same way that a lot of states around the country are watching Georgia as kind of an experiment, we're one of the first states in the country to open our schools, do you get the sense that these counties that haven't opened are watching these counties that have to learn lessons? Oh, definitely. They definitely are watching. I mean, everyone in the country (laughs) seems to be watching, like you said, to a certain extent, but they're definitely aware of how things are going in other systems. I shadowed the new Atlanta Public Schools Superintendent, Lisa Herring, a little bit this week, and APS is definitely aware (laughs) of how things have gone in other districts, and they are taking note. And what APS has done is... It has decided to start the year virtually, but after nine weeks, it will sort of reevaluate. So I am sure that these infection rates, the fact that other districts have had to close high schools, things like that, they're watching all of that. I'm curious what state officials, federal officials who are maybe watching Georgia have said about this. Governor Brian Kemp has said on multiple occasions that when schools go back in person, it's not a question of if there are cases, it's a question of when. He says that while still acknowledging he thinks schools should be back in person. So what what has the governor really been saying about how all this has been playing out? Yeah, he's generally defended his decision not to order schools to go 100% virtual. You know, he hasn't done that. Now, last spring, he did order schools to do that, but he hasn't done that for this fall. And he stood by his decision not to issue a statewide mask mandate. And we actually have a little bit of tape. The governor talked about uh, what's going on specifically in Cherokee County at a press conference I was at last week. Well, the spread didn't happen in the school for the most part. It happened because people came back to school and they already had the coronavirus. So is that the government's fault? Is that the school's fault? No, it is not. 
It is interesting that um, he seems very confident that no one's contracting the virus at school. I'm not sure how he would know that. Um, School officials have not said anything to that effect. I can hear a little bit of the defensiveness in his voice, you know, trying to stand by um, some of his decisions. But You know, there are a lot of people in those counties, in those districts who agree with the governor and think he's doing a great job and say they support what he's done and what he's saying. They support his decision not to issue a mask mandate and they feel good about the decisions he's made. And I will say just to chime in, you know, the public health experts I have spoken to say that schools are perfect conditions for a highly contagious, infectious disease like COVID-19 to spread. What they also point out, though, is that in so many of these counties, especially a lot here in metro Atlanta, there is enough community spread that kids are likely showing up sick already. So what the governor is saying about people coming to schools already sick is likely true. That doesn't preclude the fact that schools are kind of petri dishes uh, when it comes to spreading a virus. Now, this week, too, Martha, um, our U.S. uh, Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos, was in town. What did she have to say about the situation in Georgia? Right. Well, she was pretty positive. She acknowledged there were some problems, but she said she's glad that some districts are giving families uh, the in-person option. Here's what she said at Forsyth Central High School. I think it's been good that schools are committed to reopening. I know that there have been a couple of uh, schools that have had more incidents of of, uh, students with the virus. You know, the CDC has been very helpful in providing a lot of information and recommendations for how to go about going back to school, and we highly suggest referencing them. Now, DeVos wore a mask for part of her visit, but she said she's not in favor of mandating face coverings for students. Now, Forsyth Cherokee and Paulding all require masks for staff, but not for students. So here's DeVos again. Well, I understand here that it's not been a mandatory requirement, but that almost everyone has worn them. I think if you lay out expectations and you give students the agency in uh, meeting those expectations and ensuring their ability to continue to be together with their peers, then, you know, people will do the right thing. So, Martha, I know it's only been a few weeks uh, that schools have been dealing with this, but here we have, as you mentioned, in the next month or so, some of the biggest districts in the state. I mean, Gwinnett County is one of the larger school districts in the nation coming back in person. So is there this concern or expectation that what we've seen play out in districts like Cherokee, Forsyth and Paulding is just going to play out again when APS, DeKalb, Fulton, Gwinnett come back in person? Yeah, again, I have to stress that it really depends on who you ask. But I will say this, a lot of teachers seem to be very concerned. Again, not because they don't want to see their kids. And they've all stressed this to me. They've all said, of course, we want to be back in person, ideally. But we just don't feel like it's safe yet. Now, there are some parents, though, who really believe that their kids need to be back uh, to school in person. They've said, you know, we're willing to take the risk. You know, if they want us to sign a waiver, we'll sign a waiver. And I should stress this, too. You know, for children with special needs, Virtual learning is very tough. And for a lot of other students, too, um, who don't necessarily have special needs, but just may have different learning styles where it just doesn't work that well to have to sit in front of a screen for six hours. So there's definitely a range. And there's also concern 
One thing I've talked to teachers about who are worried about the phase-in process is those teachers of younger students who want to encourage their kids to wear a mask, but think that the probability of young children, I mean, think about a seven-year-old trying to wear a mask for half an hour, much less half of a school day. They're really worried about things like that. You know, they're, they're worried about just the safety aspects and whether it's a good idea for kids to be coming back this early. And there's just such a wide range of opinion. It can get pretty heated. Martha Dalton covers education for WABE. Did You Wash Your Hands? is a production of 90.1 WABE Atlanta, where ATL meets NPR. Special thanks to Stephen Key. WABE's managing editor is Alex Helmick. Scott Wolfel is chief content officer. You can reach us at washyourhands at wabe.org. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app, where you can also leave us a rating and a review. And you can find more stories on the coronavirus pandemic at wabe.org coronavirus. If you haven't recently, now might be a good time to go wash your hands. I'm Sam Whitehead. Thanks for listening. The world is full of mysteries. Are ghosts real? Is that yogurt expired? Hey, the unknown can be scary. But when you donate to WABE, you know where your money is going. Your gift supports the journalism that keeps you informed and the programs that pull back the curtain on complicated stories. Help us make the world less mysterious. Become a member now. Go online to wabe.org slash donate. And thanks.